0: My name is Moses Mokisa, and I'm really honored to be here. Uh, We're honored to be here together, and I'm honored to lead this church. We started 11 years ago. Uh, As you can see on Emmanuel's T-shirt, it says, let's celebrate with two L's. And we didn't know what we were doing. We were just out of college, and we just thought, ah, it's a good idea. no. Turned out to be not such a good idea. <laughs> In terms of we thought this was going to be nice. We were a band. We worshipped him worship team for a few years. And we just felt the conviction to start a church that's different. And, uh, you know, reaching people differently. And so we have a strong musical background. And so when we started, we just went on. And God has been faithful. Uh, we've been open to learning when we find... Or oh, some people like these ones, we just an open book. We learn everywhere we go every day. And the church has grown, God has blessed us. They are now eleven no, eight. Eleven years, eight locations. <laughs> With about three thousand people attending. And our vision is to plant one thousand locations. Yeah, our vision is to plant one thousand churches in our lifetime. Yeah. So, uh, everywhere I go, I'm looking for church planters. She looks like. (laughs) So, people try to avoid me. Ah, not me! But we try and show them that it's not as complicated. Actually, what we are showing people is that it's not complicated. We are demystifying leadership and church planting and other things because back home, we have a leadership challenge. And we think that the only institution that's going to rewrite the story of leadership in Africa is the church when it is well led it's the only one politics won't do it, business won't do it, nothing nothing has worked only the church when it is led the way Jesus said it should be led, so that's the journey we are on and we are so glad that you're partnering with us in supporting one of our church plants and it's doing well, the one you support actually has now more than 400 people so Awesome. That's because of what you guys are doing. So, thank you. This morning, I want us to talk a little bit about love. (laughs) A friend of mine called Roxana is a writer and a blogger. She writes this. Her blog is called You Are Being Loved. I think it's brilliant because ev- ev- we talk about love a lot of time but she, she found the way of putting it in present continuous tense. It's like you are being loved right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'm telling you everyone who is in this room wherever you are seated regardless of what's going on can I tell you something? You are being Loved. Because the lie we've fallen for is that we are not loved. We have fallen for the lie that no one cares about me. You get one or two problems and you start imagining that the world is all against you. But that's not true. You're being loved. Someone is loving you. Right now, if you have a spouse, you're being loved. Yes, your communication may have some challenges. How many of you know it doesn't hurt unless it's love? Have you ever been hurt in a, in a relationship? Do you know why you are hurt? It's because you believe that there is a love relationship. If someone else came and told you the same thing, who you don't care about, you don't care. You just walk off. But because this person is special, everything they say is important. In other words, you are being loved. Maybe you have family members. They may live close by. They may have moved to another state or somewhere else. But they care about you. They think about you. You are being Loved. When you come to a church like this, I just saw everyone is hugging everyone. Greetings. Coffee before the sermon. Jesus. (laughs) 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 Do you know what all of that is? You are being loved. I can tell you friends, right now, you're being loved. There are so many people who are thinking about you who want the best for you. And God is using them to love you. And we need to open up and receive this love. Because it's one thing to be loved, it's another to receive it. And when we take out the human dimension and we start talking about God, we realize that, as God is concerned, we are being loved the whole time, overdose, too much, incomprehensible. We are being loved. God loves us. So, friend, you are being loved. Let's look at this scripture in John, First John. What does it say? Let's let's read together. Together, oh, it says, "Together, beloved." Oh, sorry, I, I brought a bit of culture with me. Where I come from, we read together. And when, yeah. And when we read the Bible, we read it like we've won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we don't read like beloved, let us know. no, no, we are like, beloved. Okay, let's try together. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Woohoo! Right there. Let's, let's take it down if they are not. If they are not, I'll come up with them. Oh, okay. Let's take it out. Just take it back to verse, that one. So it says, beloved, let us love one another. Now, in this version, the thing I noticed about that verse is the first word. What's the first word? Huh. Be. Has anyone ever walked to you and said, Hi, beloved Micahiva. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Beloved Jeff. <laughs> you know, God says of Jesus, this is my son, my be- Beloved Son, in whom I'm well. Please, guess what? When the devil came to tempt him, did he include Beloved? What did he say? If you are the Son of God, make bread out of stones. He could not risk inserting that word because he said, "If you are the Beloved Son of God, make some bread." It'd be like the temptation is over before it starts. If I have the assurance of being loved, I don't have to prove it by making bread out of stones. You know what I mean? You, the business of loving is for the beloved. Beloved. Yeah, that's street by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The business of loving is for the Beloved. beloved. Beloved, let us love one another. We can only genuinely... Have you ever tried loving people? Okay, oh, if you're at song, that's what you do all the time. But sometimes it's nice and smooth as long as the person you're loving is behaving. Like they are behaving in a way that is, you know, that relates to the love that you're giving. Once the person starts behaving differently, loving becomes a what? A challenge that here is the thing when we love from the well of God's love for us we don't have to worry about those times because we know we are not loving the person because of their conduct we are loving the person because we have been loved those who are being loved have no problem loving those who are putting themselves under the stream of Jesus' constant love, which is endless, we can love and love and love and love even in difficulty because of the love that the Father has for us. There's a well-known story, world over, except here at Newsome, that my wife and I and will be married 14 years next month, in May. Yay, yay. And we are still young, so. (laughs) The first three years of our marriage were, even though the wedding happened in church, (laughs) they seem to be from hell, you know, like, two Christians who love God who are on the brink of killing each other. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Has anyone ever experienced that? Or is it just me? Oh, oh, awesome. So, you know, it sucked. It was terrible. One day I just broke out and cried. They say big boys don't cry. That didn't apply. I cried out of anguish. I was like, what the did I get myself into? (laughs) When I married this girl, meanwhile, she was going through the same. She too was in pain. She used to be called Smiley. I had wiped that smile off that face. (laughs) Just, we were not loving each other. And we were believers. And then one day, We got introduced, a man came and started teaching us about the love and grace of God. How loved we are. It was unbelievable because I grew up in a Christian home and I knew all the religious stuff, the do's and the don'ts. And I was sure that's what it's all about. Behave yourself and God will be happy. Misbehave and he's going to knock you. That's the stuff I grew up knowing. And just uh, starting to know that God loved me. Not because I'm lovely. But because he is love. And that he loves me when I'm at my worst. He still loves me. When I walk in disobedience, he still loves me. When I don't do anything right, he still loves me. That changed my life. And it has changed the lives of thousands of others. I guarantee you in, it just took a few months of feeding on that stuff every week being taught. And our marriage just totally turned around. Now, I'm not saying I've not tried to mess it up since. I have. But it has held strong. Because we both know how much our father loves us and you can't give what you don't have. That's the message I want to bring to you near Song. You are God's beloved. It says let us love one another, for love is of God. And then he says, you know, he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. That's another important statement right there. God is love. Now, just like sugar is sweet. Fire is hot, water is wet, God is love. Now, if you put it in your mouth and it's bitter, it's not sugar. Okay, let no one deceive you. You know, that's not sugar. If you touch it and it's not hot, that's not fire. If you pour it on yourself and it's dry, that's not water. (laughs) <laughs> and if it's not love, that's not God. Yeah. If it's not love, that's not God. Because God is love. You know, actually, I was looking through the Bible and I could only find two descriptions of God that are so direct, uh, like fast English teachers help. Uh, so there are only two. God is light and God is love. Those are the only two I could find. Even though God is our Father, he actually says God is our Father or oh, the Father, like he doesn't say God is Father. If it's, it's God is light, God is love. Is this making sense? Let's continue. Let's, let's go to verse 9 where he shows us what it is He says in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. God's love is manifested. You know, I remember when we were growing up in school, write notes assuring girls how you loved them. I love you. You know, actually, but in school, people made it into an art form. You know, they would write these love letters that have complicated English words and non English words. <laughs> <coughs> you know, atmospheric cosmogony of the whatever it is. You know, trying to express, you know, I would cross the oceans for you. I would do whatever. Yeah? All of it, by the way, is intentional. It's just intent, there is nothing they've done. I will. I would. I will. I what? You know? (laughs) Not I have. You you know what I mean? But God doesn't love the way (coughs) we like love, you know? Just leaving it at intentional level. One day, I will do this. Someday, some guys said, Look at your clock, look at your watch, and said, What day is Sunday? None. So, God's love is manifested. It's, God didn't text the love, He didn't tweet it. He, he, he moved into the neighborhood. He manifested Himself. And that's the love we are talking about. It is evident, it is manifested. In the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how much he loves us. He couldn't just say it from heaven, hire some good loudspeakers, and say, Hey, guys out there. I love you, Charlotte. Huntersville. No. He moved into the neighborhood. Peace, peace, peace. Let me show you. Now there's another verse here interesting in First John. See, the next one. And this is the thing that used to confuse me. And it probably has confused some people here. And today hopefully we can eliminate however small a percentage of the confusion. He says, in this is love. Do you see the next phrase? <laughs> Let's read it together. In this is love. Uh-huh. Read the next part very slowly. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word, propitiation, just leave it. <laughs> 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 like payment, you know, for our sins. But like, what they, the important thing, the thing that really knocks me in this verse is, in this is love not that we loved God what he's saying our love for God is really good is important but it's not that important compared to his love for us our our love for God is nothing in fact do you want let me give you a secret This, this secret Go in public. Do you want to enjoy your relationship with God? Stop focusing on your love for him. Start focusing on his love for you. Yeah. That mm-hmm. there is the thing that changed for me. Because I can tell you, I had done all the other stuff of loving God. From childhood, I read my Bible. Right from when I was in school, I knew everything to do. I went out, I preached the gospel. I fasted, I prayed. One time I was at the university, I spent the whole time fasting. Had one meal a day for three months. (laughs) We used to go and pray, this place called Prayer Mountain, where I would go and pray the whole weekend, pray in the rain, pray in the night. I did it all. I did it all. If you're looking for a committed Christian you're looking at one. (laughs) And yet, in the midst of all of that, there's still a sense that it's not enough. You pray one hour and the devil comes and says, you're praying only one hour. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) You read three chapters of the Bible and says, when will you finish the book if you're reading only three? <laughs> it's like I was out to impress God and he was not impressed. Have <laughs> you ever tried to impress God? And God is totally not impressed. Can I, can I tell you something, friends? There's only one person that impresses God. Jesus Christ. And the day I discovered that all I could do is be in him and God is pleased with me. That changed everything. In this is love, not that we loved God. Your love for God is important because it determines how we love other people. It's like a flashlight, right? You know a flashlight is important at night. Over here you have electricity the whole time. Where I come from, sometimes it goes off. And you need alternative means of lighting. That flashlight is really important in the middle of the night to help you go wherever you need to go. But if you found you in the middle of the day, right now, after service, at noon, in the parking lot with your flashlight, <laughs> think, where did I park? Don't you think there's a problem with that? Well, then say, Alas, what happened? Why? Whereas your flashlight is important for you and to shine it in the dark places of this world, when it comes to, if, when the sun is out, you don't need the flashlight. When God's love is out, your love. I said, Father, I love you. And he's like, Yeah, of course. You know, for those who have children, uh, and I'm not even especially grandchildren, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you would love to hear them tell you they love you, right? But their love for you is so insignificant compared to your love for them. Like, there's nothing that their love for you is going to do to you to alter how you take care of them and make sure they're all right. Uh That's totally your initiative. You're the parent you decided you're going to love these children regardless. And that's how God is with us. In fact, in the Bible, there are two guys, and I don't know whether you've ever seen this, but these two guys who worked with Jesus, one talked a lot about his love for Jesus. That was Peter. You remember Peter? He says, I love you. He says, the, Jesus said they are going to Christ. He said, no one will touch you when I'm around. And what did Jesus say? You're going to deny me. Three times. There's another guy called John. In his own book, he writes and keeps talking about the one whom the Lord loves. Remember that? He calls himself the one whom the Lord loves. Between John and Peter, who went all the way to the cross? John. John. Peter denied and together with the others they all fled and forsook him. John is standing right there with Mary. I mean, it it only takes those, it's only mother who will go all the way. And the only other person there is who? John. And Jesus looks down and tells John, John, behold your mother. He tells his mother, Mary, behold your son. The one who trusted in Jesus' love for him was able to walk with him all the way to the cross. Whereas the one who boasted of his love for Jesus was not there in that moment. Is this going well? (laughs) Amen. Maybe let's look at one more thing or two and we, we conclude this. And it says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In other words, it's not obvious. You'd think that because people are loved, they're just going to love. And he's asking us, saying, no, actually, it's possible you can hold it. And hold it for yourself. And he says, we also ought to love one another because God so loved us. Let, let's look at this, this verse. I hope it's the next. Just take it down. Oh. <coughs> Jesus. Verse. That was 11. Next next verse should be 17. This is it? (laughs) Alright. Awesome. So he says, let us love one another. And as you go on towards the end of this chapter, he talks about fear. He says... If you're walking in fear, you've not been made perfect in love because you can't have, love and fear can't coexist in the same room. And yet many of us approach our relationship with God based on fear. And then we wonder why it's not bearing the kind of fruit that it should bear. Chris has given me something here that I can read quickly. I'll skip all of this and goes to, It says there's no fear in love But perfect love casts out Fear yeah. You know casting out is not like Shushing out fear Like perfect love Fear <laughs> Can you read the exit fear? No <laughs> What does perfect love do to fear? Honey, dear friend, never entertain fear in your relationship with God. We should reverence him because he's holy, awesome, incredible, but not walk in fear. You know, if you're trying to start a relationship, if you're trying to build a love relationship and you mix fear in it, you get very interesting results. Yeah, like, I love you, now you'd better love me back. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt you. You know. <laughs> you realize that doesn't work. How many of you fell in love like that? The guy can and kind of says, "Will you marry me?" And if you don't, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, if you don't, I know where you live. You know, <laughs> houses have been burning in that area. <laughs> Perfect love. That's what to fear. So if you're experiencing fear in your relationship with God or with other people, you are not allowing to be loved. If you're being loved, fear will not be part of the equation. Right? And then he concludes it by saying, We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Now that our love for him is because. Of his love for us. His is the first love. His is the first love. When he rebukes that church in Revelation which had left their first love, do you know that they were not doing anything wrong? Yeah, you can. Go and read it. What church was that? Ephesus. Okay, there. It's a long thing. But it says this church... They were doing the right thing. They knew the false prophets. They could not stand them. They had stood for the faith. They were doing everything right. Nothing wrong. In some of those churches, by the way, there are serious issues. But then he says, but you have left your first love. Me thinks that the first love can't be my love for God. It's his love for me. Between God and ourselves, who initiated this thing? It's God. It's always been God. Even when Adam ate the fruit and went into hiding, God didn't wait for him. He said, he he wasn't like, they will get tired and come and look for me and we talk through it. His dad went looking for them and said, where are you guys? However far you have walked away from God, he's not waiting for you (laughs) to go back to him. He has walked with you. He's just waiting for you to turn around and realize he's right here. He's right here all along. Amen? And because of this kind of love that he has for us, he is for us. He wants to do great things for us. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. He wants to restore our marriages like you did mine. He wants to restore our businesses. He wants to reach our communities. Amen? Friends, let's understand that we, the church, we are carriers. We are conduits. Of heaven, We are carriers of the love that God has given us, but if we are not receiving it and looking on him and seeing his loveliness and how much he loves us, we are not going to be able to pass it on to others. God bless you so much.